listener production. Hey guys, Katrina Flowers here with you. So, DC Comics' latest production, The Flash, is now in cinemas, yet a whole bunch of people are absolutely adamant they will not go and see this movie. All this controversy mainly surrounds the movie star, Ezra Miller, who is The Flash. It raises a lot of questions about what this is going to mean for the future of the DC Universe as well, which is also in the process of turning its whole MO upside down. To give us the whole backstory on this, Ezra, the boycott, and to tell us whether The Flash is even worth buying popcorn for, is Justin Hill, who is the host of The Streaming Service, which is a podcast on the Listener Network. And Justin joins me on the briefing now. Thank you so much. Uh, Gosh, hasn't this movie had some controversy around it? It's taken ages to make as well. It has. And I feel like it's probably going to be one of the most controversial movies forever because they've been trying to make this film since 2010. So, you know, like over 13 years now, they've been trying to put it together. And the reason it was delayed so much was because initially it had a lot of directors attached to it. It was one that DC were kind of toying with, but they did the Green Lantern first. And the Green Lantern, as we all know, with Ryan Reynolds, absolutely bombed. And so they kind of were like, oh, maybe back to the drawing board. And so I think if you spoke to someone from DC, they would probably say they're happy that it came out when it did, because they've been able to kind of like introduce the Flash in Justice League, Batman v Superman, and now have a standalone movie. And then also too, we've had the TV series happen. So it's something that people have been really longing for, as opposed to it being like one of those characters like Iron Man that that kicked off the entire MCU for, for Marvel. I guess one of the biggest things that's been dominating the headlines lately is uh, the choice of Ezra Miller as lead and whether they should have remained the lead of this film. Why, yeah. first of all, is Ezra Miller such a controversial choice? Well, for those people who who may know Ezra, they have starred in uh, Fantastic Beasts. They had a great role in that. Perks of being a wallflower also. And then obviously as Barry Allen in The Flash. Now, The thing is with Ezra is Ezra is one of those people who, you know, Hollywood were like, they are the next big thing. They are going to be a huge star and they are, you know, fantastic in their role that they do. But what's happened is is that we've got an incredible film that's been worked on by a multitude of people with a great ensemble cast, but then you've also got some really questionable behaviour from Ezra that's been happening in their personal life. And it it kind of all started in April 2020 when a video surfaced online and also to a bit of a trigger warning for people listening to this because it does involve, you know, kind of like violence and, and, and stuff like that. But a video surfaced of them online throwing a woman to the ground at a bar. So quite disturbing. You know, everyone was quite worried about why they were doing this and what had, had triggered this behaviour. And then throughout 2022, there were so many instances where they were, you know, arrested by police for disorderly conduct. They were charged with stealing alcohol from a home in Vermont. They had another incident where they threw a chair at a private party that left a woman with an injury on her face. You know, there's like all sorts of things turning up and it gets quite dark from this point onwards. So turning up at a, at a fan's house wearing a bulletproof vest and holding a gun. And then we've got these stories of this like, cult or commune that they were running in Iceland. And like, it's just, it's just some really 
odd behaviour, some criminal behaviour. They did then come out in August 2022 and release a statement saying that they understand that they had gone through a time of intense crisis and then that they were suffering from complex mental health issues and that they were seeking help and treatment and apologised for it. So, yeah, you've got this situation where people want, like, action done about what Ezra has done in their personal life, but then also, too, you've got someone who's suffering from, like, some really severe mental health issues and is now getting the help that they need. So I think there's this, like, push and pull of, like, should they be held accountable for what they did or, you know, can you kind of like say that it was their mental health and now they're getting help? It's a very tricky, uncomfortable situation for everyone involved. Some people too are, are saying that they're going to boycott this movie because of Ezra Miller being cast as the lead. Has that been reflected in any box office numbers yet? The movie uh, has only just dropped in cinemas, but it, they're expecting it to do something like $60 million in its like first weekend. So they have very high hopes for this film. And I think this this also brings up another topic is Will the DC fans kind of forget this stuff that's happened because of their love for DC and their love of this character? You know, will they be able to oversee what Ezra has done? But then there will be some people who are not connected to the film like that who literally will be like, well, this is someone who has done something wrong in public, therefore I'm not going to support this film whether I would have seen it or not. So it's yet to be determined and I feel like that's DC's stance on it at the moment. They're kind of like, they've said, well, you know, like we're not going to replace Ezra, we're also not going to announce a second film and I don't think that they will come straight off the back of this even if it is a raging success. I don't think that they would come out and be like, yes, we're doing a second movie. They're going to have to approach this very carefully and think about, you know, um, how people are going to feel and what the general public are going to say about Ezra being cast, recast in this film and not being replaced by someone else. What would it have taken for them to scrap this movie, especially considering they've ditched other films yeah. like that girl? Yes. And that, and that I mean... The, the, the way you have to look at it is, I guess, you have to see at what point the movie is in development when the disaster happens. So with Batgirl, they kind of had gotten to a point where they footage had been shot. They hadn't done any reshoots or anything like that. You know, they, they sat down and looked at it and they just decided it was a better financial decision for them to scrap the movie than to actually move forward with it and have it as, you know, something that they would need to promote, spend even more money on. It was better to cut their losses. So with this situation, I think they kind of looked at it and went, well, where is the movie at? Can we afford to just dump it all together? Can we come back from this situation with Ezra? And so they had to basically weigh it up and go, what is the best way forward with this film? Let's move on to some other talk that's really dominating, mm. uh, I guess, fans' minds at the moment, and that is around whether this is the beginning of a new era and whether James Gunn has basically blown up the DC <laughs> universe. Talk us through this. So this is the thing, right? Is And I know uh, this is what I like. When you see a franchise, you love to see movie one, movie two, very consistent, structured, you know, like this is this is how these films are rolling out. It's a, you put a beautiful bow on it and that is what Marvel have done for the most part. They've made sure that there's phase one, phase two, and they've got these beautiful big graphics and the fans go nuts over it. A perfect example of not doing that, which has been a bit of a joke, but still successful is the Fast and the Furious franchise where they had Fast One, but then they had Fast and Furious, Fast and the Furious. You know, the recent one was 
Fast and the Furious X. Like their, their naming and their packaging of it was very all over the place. DC took the approach of also being like that. So they didn't have structure to their movie releases. We had, you know, we had Green Lantern. We've had like those films come out, but they've been here and there. There've been a lot of rumored films and then have not come to fruition. Eventually we got The Flash. Now James Gunn has been brought in to basically give it the MCU treatment. So he has kind of like addressed where the franchise was going, wrapped up everything that was happening, and now he's starting this new era which has the bow on it. It is the era of gods and monsters. So we're going to see films like Swamp Thing. We're going to get new Batman, new Superman, Supergirl. We're getting new Green Lantern. These are going to be TV series. These are going to be big blockbuster movies and animated. But the awkwardness is you've got stars like Gal Gadot, who was fully expecting to do a third Wonder Woman film, now not happening. You've got Henry Cavill, who actually publicly announced that he was going to do another Superman film. And then all of a sudden, James Gunn was like, actually. So now, you know, he's had to deal with this kind of like weirdness where as a big blockbuster actor, his ego has been hurt a little bit because he's now, in fact, not coming back as Superman. They're recasting as someone else. So you've kind of got this situation where you've, you know, you've got all these projects that are being wrapped up this year. So we've got Aquaman coming out at the end of the year. And we've also got a movie, Blue Beetle, um, that'll come out in August. Now, this is where it gets a little bit confusing and a little bit like a multiverse movie. So if you can imagine that Aquaman is from the old era, And that in conjunction, not connected, but in conjunction with Blue Beetle that comes out before it will wrap up this era of the DCEU as we know it. So the um, DC Comics extended universe. But the thing is, Blue Beetle is also the start of the new universe. So it's a little bit confusing and James Gunn speaks in riddles all the time. But he has had to do his best to try and tie up this whole messy situation and start his vision of a new DCU. All right. Uh, And, you know, for those of us who kind of sit on the fence between being a DC fan or Mm -hmm. being a Marvel fan, where do you sit when it comes to that great war? Because I I was asking a friend of mine to go and see The Flash with me the other day and they were like, no way, this is just not going to be as good as anything that Marvel would ever do. Is this sort of reinvention, this this moving into the next era for DC, a bid to kind of win over some of those Marvel fans. I definitely think so. And like, also I would say to your friend, like, I know you didn't ask me, but this is what I think about the film. It was. I was about to. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely outstanding. And I honestly, I would probably say I am more of a Marvel fan, but I, I think that's because maybe I've been exposed to more Marvel. I also have a really soft spot for Chris Hemsworth, um, you know, so like... Oh, I who love, doesn't? I know, right? So I love him as Thor. He's a beautiful human being in real life and I've been very lucky to interview him. I've also travelled all over the world with Disney to interview Marvel stars and, and haven't been exposed too much, um, you know, at, with the DC side of things. But I watched this film and it is incredible. It's it's a very unfortunate situation that we've got, you know, this kind of like side story going on. But this movie is, you can tell, they got everyone at DC and sat down and went, how do we make the best movie that DC fans and, you know, fans of The Flash are going to love? If you like like multiverse kind of films with that twisty, timey-wimey kind of like, you know, time paradoxes, but the difference with this, yeah, and but the difference with this, right, is what I found as not such a smart person, is that they actually explain it beautifully to you. So they're explaining what time paradoxes are and how they happen and then 
all of a sudden there's a little thing that you noticed at the beginning of the film and you're like, oh, right, oh, now I understand why that popped up because it was part of this big kind of like story that they were weaving from beginning to end. And can I also say cameos? The cameos in this film are probably the best of any superhero movie I have ever seen. Like, Right when you think, you're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, that's a character, you know, like, like it's no surprise that Michael Keaton is playing Batman. That's fantastic. But then there's like another one and another one and another one. And then you get to the end of the film and there's an even bigger one. And that's not a spoiler <gasps> because, you know, that's like, I'm like keeping as much to myself as I can, but it's just, it almost feels like Cameo Central at one point And it's just fantastic. Fans were screaming in the cinema about the cameos that were there. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. Justin, you've convinced me. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to watch it. And, and thank you so much for sharing that backstory with us as well. I think that adds um, another sort of complexion to the film and, and to the future of what's happening over at DC as well. Justin Hill there, who's the host of Listeners, the streaming service, which you can download on the Listener app or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Listener.